mentor over there who wrote Accidental Dad. And Lady D, you got a couple of books out. I didn't know you had a couple of books out. And I'm just going to put it out there. January on Wednesdays, Lady D is going to be teaching from her book on worship. And that last uh, Wednesday, we're going to have a worship night where we're going to have both campuses come together. Last time we did that, it was like an amazing experience. So looking forward to January. Let's get through Christmas <laughs> and then move forward. Um, all the other stuff you've seen up there. Um, but one thing I want to tell y'all, Wednesday, they said no church. Wednesday, there is church. The church will be at the Thanksgiving meal. Um, that is our biggest meal of the year. There'll be a lot of people there that's unsaved, a lot of people that uh, I might not have had the time to get around to to pray with. There's going to be new people that will show up. I would love to see our body there in force. Um, we don't need volunteers. We got enough volunteers, am I, am I not mistaken? Um, we have enough volunteers, but I want our body to be there to help pray, to uh, communicate with other people, you know, things like that. We'll make room. So uh, we got lots of food. We got that covered too, right? So everything that we need to do as a body to show the face of Christ is going to happen. Amen? All of that being said, I got to get straight into my word because I want to get y'all out of here. We are talking about walking in the spirit. And when we talk about walking in the spirit, we're not just talking about going to the store. We're talking about a life change. And so the first thing that came to my mind, you know, Pastor Joy hit us pretty hard last week with how to go about doing those things. But the very first thing that came into my mind and the question that I asked myself in the preparing today is, what is God's greatest gift to us? So I put up there, God's greatest gift to us is Come on, bring them. What we got? What? Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Okay, for me, his grace. That's just for me. Why would I say that? All right, let's go into Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. It's a lot of reading. I got a lot of scripture today, so that's going to make this sermon easy because it's the word that's going to change you, not what I say to you. Amen. So here, here's where we're at. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who were, who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the crazy cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest we were by nature deserving of wrath but because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions it is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Jesus in Christ Jesus, in order in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches, the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. 
and it is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that anyone could boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen? Does the word speak for itself or what? Right? I mean, we could get caught up. I, I remember reading earlier on in the New Testament when Jesus gave his disciples power to go out. I think it was the 72 that went out. They come back to God. They come back to Jesus and they say, oh, Lord, you should have seen those demons running. Jesus respond. Your focus shouldn't be on the demons. It should be on the people that set free from the demons. Walking in the spirit for me is always being aware of his grace for it is by that same grace that we are here today you know there's the grace that saves us where we give our lives to God and that salvation give us those butterflies in our heart and lead us to believe that there and gives us hope for our future and things like that but then there's a deeper meteor part of grace that brings about change. A lot of us, that's where we get in trouble at, is that we don't understand it is the grace of God on us that's bringing to attention those things that we need to get rid of that we carried around in this world. You know, I've heard it said before, a lot of people want to take life and stir a little bit of Jesus in it. You can't do that, right? That's like unsweetened Kool-Aid. Who likes unsweetened Kool-Aid? You want something unsweetened? Get a diet soda because those taste nasty. But if you want that sweetness, that goodness, and that richness of the Lord, you have to allow his spirit to do the work in you that's necessary. I, I love the way that he brought out the fact. It ain't what you do that makes you who you are. Is that the way y'all read it too? Right? We can't say, well, God, you know, I went down there and I helped them at the kitchen. And you know, I hate to wash dishes, but I was washing dishes and, oh, those people smell and all oh, the things that they say. You can't say, well, God, I put up with that for you. No, you can't. If that's the reason why you're there. If you're there because you know it's somebody that's in need, that just needs a kind word, that needs somebody to hold their hand and pray for their grandmother who's at home sick, for the, pray for their children that they haven't seen in a long time. If you're down there to, that sees a single mother struggling and you go over to the table and you say, I understand where you coming from. See, this is where the good part of understanding who you were and who you are comes into play in our walk with Christ. Amen. And there is a point when you have to look back on that grace that we get from salvation, right? If we look at uh, grace from the moment of salvation, if you look in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and live self-controlled sometimes, upright and godly lies a lot of times in this present age, extremely difficult, while we wait for the ooh, blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. 
Uh-oh. Made it sound like I lied to y'all, right? Saying that what you do don't matter. It matters. It's the reason why you do it. I don't do the things for God for y'all to say, boy." I don't do the things for God because my beautiful wife outdoes me every time anyway. I don't do the things for God for my children's future. You know, the icing on the cake for me is that I get to spend an eternity with Jesus. And when I very first got saved and I began to mature in Christ, that was my goal, was to make it through those gates. That was all that was to it, right? I think we have a lot of people that's still in that stage. We are still living for what is to come after we leave here. But what about while we are here? What example are we setting while we are here, what example am I setting for the person that's next to me when in worship, instead of worshiping, I'm on Facebook? Oh, dang. I'm sorry. I, I probably shouldn't have brought up Facebook. How about checking your email? Oh, what about getting those coins that you almost missed? <laughs> I'm, not a te- I'm not a tech guru, but I do know a little bit of stuff. Right? But here's what it is for the grace of God that appears that offers the salvation to how many? Does anybody here remember what it was like that day that you first really felt saved? Do you remember the joy that came into your heart? I just feel like I was born to be a husband and a father. I really do. I used to dream about You know, I used to watch like the Brady Bunch, the Partridge Family, Cosby. Yeah, that's the way I see my life. I was going to be like the perfect dad that went out to work, came back home to the artificial grass in the backyard, my kids playing on a swing that wouldn't be able to hold no weight, and my beautiful wife is waiting in the kitchen, and all I smell is meatloaf cooking or something like that. I used to dream of that day, and I remember when my daughter was very first born, I was supposed to go in the delivery room to see that happening, but somebody didn't want to wait. She just right on up out of there in less than 15 minutes. I'm like, oh my goodness, I missed it. But man, I looked into those eyes. I seen that breath going into her chest. I seen the look on my wife's face. And I'm imagining what God looks like when the very person that everybody in the world thought would never, ever, ever come came because you made a way for that to happen through the example that you set and the good works that you do through the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. Not by ourselves, not by our own might, not by what we think should be going on, but what God wants to happen. And we kind of get in the way with that, and we kind of get confused and mixed up with what's good works. You know, there's a lot of people out there that do good, amen? But when you do it under the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit, lives change. See, right now, I'm not seeing enough life changes within this body. Can I just be honest about that? The Holy Spirit gives us the grace of salvation, but he also gives us strength 
encouraged to face what we know is sin. And through that cleansing, the things that we do and our purpose behind doing those things changes. Y'all feel what I'm saying when I say that? See, because in me, I came expecting things. I expected people to help me out of church. Y'all supposed to help me. I came expecting people to be able to give me good advice. I got more bad advice than good. I did not expect to have to change myself. That's how we get into grace that grows. Going back into Ephesians. Ain't that a good book? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 14. But each one of us have grace. Each one of us, grace, has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascend mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. This is why we have empty chairs in here. Not because of our lack of maturity, more because of our lack of understanding of our authority. We grow into those things. And I started it off, and it was supposed to go with this section, so I caught up with myself here. Um, When I came into the church, I came in basically, no, not basically, actually spiritually bankrupt. For Jack. And then I came into an Assemblies of God church, which was mostly white people that I was taught not to trust as a child. And these people treated me better than what people say is my own people. And they did more for me than what we say is my own people. And then they didn't ask for nothing in return. For over 20 years, I've been waiting for them to ask for something back. Ain't happened. This is the true face of Christ. I was able to experience that. And through that experience, I've learned over time that you never expect nothing back. You know, the things that I do, I do for God. I don't do for vision ministries. I don't even do it for you. I do it for God. And once we're able to get our focus, see, once you get your focus on God, all kinds of floodgates open. You know, the very first revelation I had in the word of God was Love your neighbor as yourself. How many of us still have a problem with that? Amen. See, honesty. That's where you start. Right? To love our neighbor as ourselves does not mean 
be a doormat. It does mean stand your ground on what you believe in and in all things as far as you are able to do it, getting into the word again, try to get along with others. So the face that you show would not be the face that you want people to see. You want them to see the face of Christ in everything. The thing that's been amazing about this journey that I've had with Christ is that I've always been exposed to the entire body of Christ acting their best. They give stuff. They do stuff. You ever been down to work in the kitchen? You notice how joyful everybody is? Scooting back and forth. Oh, it's just such a pleasure to be able to give back. These are people that don't even go to church. Some of which are in their infancy, in their relationship with Christ. But they still want to show. Now, how do we, under, how do we live to attain the fullest measure of Christ? Just die. I remember Pastor Steve when we were younger. Pastor Steve, oh, he's grown so much because he used to hurt my feelings so much. I would go to him and I would be whining. I'd have, boy, I'd have cheese and crackers in my hand. I'd whine so much to Pastor Steve. And then he'd look at me and he'd just say, die. I say, but Pastor Steve, die. But die. You don't die. Can I just die? If you would just listen to me, die. I don't need to hear what you say. I see what you do. I know that hurt a little bit for some of us. I see what you do. So what, what, what has to happen here? We must be born again. All right, very basic, fundamental scripture that each one of us that's in this room today, if you are not a first-time visitor, should have read this verse, and I hope you read it with the kind of understanding that God meant in allowing this to be a part of our understanding of who he is. Not who we want him to be, but who he is, amen? And that is found in the first book that you would send anybody to in the Bible, John, and then it's chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, where he says, Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come for God. For no one could perform the signs that you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely you cannot enter a second time into the, their mother's womb to be born. I want you to understand something here. This guy, Nicodemus, wasn't just an ordinary person that came off the street. This guy was born and raised to understand God, who he is, and what purpose he had for being on this earth. So he lived his whole life with one expectation or seeing one face of who God is and his whole life was directed toward that. But Jesus told him, he said, you must be born again. So what's that telling me? When Nicodemus said, well, you can't go back into your mama. Yeah, we all know that. Right? 
We laugh when we see that. But when you are talking to the one that you know is going to give you, uh, open the gate or open the door to God, you literally take every word that he says literal. Amen. If a man can say, get up when you dead, you're going to listen to what the next words is that he say. Amen. If a man can spit in the ground and make somebody see, you're going to listen to what he got to say, right? If the man can feed 5,000, you're going to listen to what he say. Well, this guy was causing so much disruption amongst everybody and everything that was known at this time that there was one. And um, I like reading the Amplified version of it where it says he was a very well known. In other words, there were people that hung on every word that Nicodemus said and he snuck in and said, Jesus, I'm not understanding what's going on here. You're going to have to break it down for me. And Jesus went to break it down for him. And what did he do? He went immediately to the physical. How many of us get caught up in that? Lord, I'm broke. Lord, I'm depressed. Lord, these people are getting on my nerves. I'm weak. I'm tired. I can't, I can't, I can't see how I'm going to be able to pull this off. But then when somebody asks you how you're doing, I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have did that. <laughs> Am I lying? We will put our church face on for our church people and then go home and cuss our family out. So what, what, what must we do? We had an amazing time. I don't know if y'all missed out on it. I'm telling y'all, if y'all don't come up in this part of the sanctuary during worship, you miss out on a lot because it'd be a lot going on up here, right? But anyways, um, during worship, there was, there was a call. There was a, a word of God that was given, an understanding of who Christ is. There was God reaching out to his people, making us aware that he is here, he is willing, and he is able to do what needs to be done, come what may. If you proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, everybody that proclaim him as Lord, say amen. amen. Need to make sure y'all still awake for this part. Because the next part of what we have to do to be able to walk in the spirit is... <laughs> put that slide up. I hope you repent. Let me go to this side and say, maybe y'all understand. Repent. Let me come in the middle and say, it. my wife is sitting here. I know she's going to understand. Repent. And again to the whole congregation, I say, repent. I'm going to tell you why. We get so full of ourselves sometimes. I've caught myself doing it. I am so glad I have good people around me that I actually listen to. I get so full of myself sometimes, I forget. I forget stuff. Or I try to get so focused on what has to be done, I don't take the time to do the things that need to be done. Oh, I guess I'm the only one that does those kinds of things, right? But this is the very reason or the very way that we open up the door for the Holy Spirit to do his work. If you don't repent, I bet you any money, if there was true repentance in this church, I wouldn't be looking out the clock trying to get out of here in the next five minutes. Because you'd be laid out. 
if we could look at the filth that we bring in to God's house that we choose to leave with, Lady D wouldn't have to work so hard on Sunday mornings. She wouldn't. And I feel it, sister. I do. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. I looked at my wife the wrong way. Lord, please forgive me. I walked past somebody that I knew was in need. And your word says, if for the least of these, I do something, I'm doing it for you. And I had the opportunity to do that. Lord, I'm so sorry. Lord, I looked a little bit too long at that ad that I shouldn't have been looking at. Please forgive me. We all have things that we need to repent of, always, because we're human. We have human thoughts. We have human minds. We have things that just creeps in and take over us. So here's what I do believe, Acts 2, 36 through 40. Y'all know what all this means. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and, his, and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call, with many other words, he warned them, pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Where the heck are we in the world right now? Where are we? We are in the greatest nation in the world. I don't care what nobody say. Y'all can listen to the news if y'all want to. If Somebody got crazy. The world ain't never going to be the same. So we are in the greatest nation on earth. We're the last ones to call out to God. But let there be trouble. Churches fill up. They fill up quick. Y'all remember 9-11? I remember 9-11 real well. It's my son's birthday. That Sunday, records were broken for church attendance. We know when to call out to God, but when we live in God, when we allow God to live in us, when we repent, when we are in constant communication with God, we don't need tragedy to happen. Our joy comes from the good work that we do, that we're encouraged to do through the authority and the power of the Spirit that gives us satisfaction not in what we are accomplishing, but in those that are coming to Christ. That's what it comes down to. It don't, it don't bother me if it's only 10 people in the sanctuary. I probably get done a lot quicker. But if it's 10 people that has a heart for Jesus that allows his spirit to do the work that's necessary to be done for others to come in. I don't care. Most people come here, get healed, and go somewhere else. Or just drop off the map until they need healing again. That don't bother me. At some point, they're going to get it. And 
My feelings, yeah, they get hurt sometimes. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. My feelings get hurt. But we have to move forward. Now let's just go back to John where we're talking spirit to spirit. John chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. So, I'm just going to take a survey here. I know I'm not supposed to do that, but I'm going to do it anyway. How many people would describe being born again as being changed? Raise your hand. All right, put them down. How many people know that I just set y'all up for the biggest sucker move ever? When you are born again, you are not the same person you were. Because you were born again. You might have the same name, but you're not the same person. When you are born again, you are not Earl Nathaniel Harris that was born to Theodore Lonnie Harris and Thomas Donnie Harris Sr. You are Earl Harris who is born of the Spirit with power to bring about change. I don't think y'all heard me in here. Some of us are so busy holding on to who we were, we can't be who we should be in him. Are y'all following me on this? To be born again is not to be changed. It's to be new. And it's a very basic scripture that we just floss over and say, oh, yes, I'm born again. No, the heck you ain't. Because I still see too much of you in you. Born of the spirit, there is fundamental changes that happen. Your focus changes. It's no longer about me. It's no longer about what I can get. It's no longer about everybody Look at me. It is now all about him. It is now all about you that don't know God to come to know God through the example that I set, through the power that he gives me to produce in you more power that more people would know him. And the cycle goes forward and forward and forward and forward. Spirit to spirit. How many people know spirits communicate? Good spirit, bad spirit, it don't matter. They communicate. Right? I remember the very first time I experienced actually seeing spirits communicate. You ever met somebody and one day they cool and the next day they look at you like you're crazy? Right? <laughs> I got this, I got this friend. Comes down to the meal. But every time he sees Pastor Steve, I could keep him under control. Once he sees Pastor Steve, he goes crazy. So I told Pastor Steve one day, I said, what the heck did you do to that man? Steve said, that man got demons in him that only God can bring out. And those demons don't like the God in me. I asked Pastor Steve to come down to the meal more. Maybe it's a few more spirits there that need to be exercised. I'll say it like that. See, I like back in the day when we talk about the Holy Ghost. Well, when you talk about the Holy Ghost, you get to get the skipping around. 
you get to get yourself all excited. You get to say to God, oh, let the Holy Ghost come down with holy fire. Let these people be filled. Right here, right now, Holy Ghost, we are calling on you right now to change these people. But first, change me. See, I really don't care what's going on back here. Y'all ever notice my back? I told Lady D one day, I said, I need to turn my back for this song because I don't want to be distracted from what the Spirit of God is doing. When you look out here and you see blank faces and you feel God moving the way that he is moving, man, it hurts my heart. My spirit, my, my, uh, and I hate it when people say that and don't mean it. I feel it in my spirit, pastor. No, you don't. If it don't line up with the word of God, it is not your spirit that's talking to you. And being a pastor, I hear some crazy stuff. Like, are you kidding me? You're really telling me that you want me to say that it's okay for you to date somebody else and you're married. You feel it in your spirit that this is somebody else that God has called for you to be with and you're married. Oh, wait, and they're married. So, ooh, God made a mistake. Let's just do the flipperoo. No, it don't work that way. That's not in the word of God. Now, if we are born again, I mean truly born again, the things that used to make you mad don't make you mad no more. The things that used to drive you, move you forward, make you feel of value, those aren't the things that matter anymore. This guy, Nicodemus, kept going back to the physical. We personally keep going back to the physical. What are my limitations? You know what? We got a brother that sits right back there at the door. He's got his little oxygen tank with him and... He, he smiles and he greets everybody. Yep, that's right. He's a Vietnam vet and I, I give all props to them. But, and then we have some people. I remember, uh, Mama Dolores. I mean, like she's barely moving, barely getting across the street when our elevator was broke. I, I, my heart broke for her trying to climb these steps. She's only got 5% of her heart working. But when worship started, she'd be right over there where Frank is sitting. She would be on her feet from the time worship started until the time worship ended. And then I see a 30, 20-year-old person that's sitting there with a blank face. You have not been born again. To be born again, you begin to crave the things of God more than the things of this world. Actually, that's all you want. is the spirit of God to fill you up and do things. So where does that put us? Right back to grace. <laughs> right, right back to grace. This is why I said in the very beginning, what is God's greatest gift to us? Grace. Why? Because we are all imperfect. We are never, ever, ever going to be perfect this side of the Jordan. Because we're human. 
The flesh is going to crave what the flesh craves, and there will come a time of weakness that we cave into the flesh, and then that's when we go back to repent, 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 and again we say repent because we are going to do that. I'm just being realistic here, but when we come together as a body, none of that should get in the way because the united power of the Holy Spirit is greater than anything man has ever been able to experience when the church of God is the church of God it is the most influential power that could be introduced to mankind if we are willing to shed who we were and put on who we are at all times I have to say, I do much, much better under pressure when I'm being tested than I do when I think I got it. <laughs> oh, I'm the only one that goes through that, right? Got this, God. Everything's going good. I'm working. Bills are getting paid. Me and the woman is getting along. The kids ain't around as much no more getting on my nerves. Got my schedule down a little bit. I'm getting a little bit of rest. Getting to flex a little bit now. Walking a few miles a day. Some people are running five. I'll take the walk. I ain't running no more. I did that part. But here we are right now. Spiritually, where are we as a church? We got noon prayer three days a week. Usually it's just a pastor up here. Monday nights, we got prayer. 630 I got a couple of women that come up here. We need ECD workers. We need greeters. We are a growing church that God wants to use to make a difference in everybody, not just a few people. So again, I take you back to grace, back to that favorite book of mine, Ephesians. Actually, it's my second favorite. 217 through 20. He came and preached to peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you, know, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself. As chief cornerstone. Those of you who have been born again, those of you, y'all felt that in your spirit. I felt it happening, right? But here's the thing. I don't just want a few people to feel that and to understand that. I want us all to understand one thing. We are all the same people. Our call is the same. Be you janitor, window washer, to preacher, to worship leader, to greeter, to usher, to a uh, person that's just living their life right, be it the spirit of presence and the Holy Spirit in you that makes others feel comfortable in worship, be it someone that speaks tongues and prophesies to the person that just intercessor uh, uh, intercedes in prayer for those that are in need. No one is greater than the other. Why? Because we are under the headship of one who is Jesus Christ. No spirit is stronger than the other. As a matter of fact, all the spirits come, all of our talents and our gifts come 
come together under the headship of him, the Holy Spirit, who uses it to glorify and to grow his church. I don't think y'all heard me in here. This ain't Vision Ministries, Pastor Earl's church or Pastor Joy and Josh's church. This is Vision Ministries, Jesus Christ's church. Operating under the authority and the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. So we have Christ who is the head, the Holy Spirit who guides us, and we have the Father who loves us. And it's kind of funny when I was preparing this and I get to close with this. I was sitting at home and I said, ooh, I got to come up with something sweet. Didn't happen. But I tell you, God the Father was satisfied through the justification of Christ who sacrificed his life for us. Christ is satisfied in knowing that he has a growing church through him, the Holy Spirit, who he has allowed and filled us with to carry on the great work that he started. So all three parts of the Godhead has worked together to make us perfect. All I'm asking for us to do as a body is to get out of the way and allow them to continue that work. I know it's difficult. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to let go of ministries that I've been doing for the last 20 years and to trust someone else and think, Maybe they have a better idea. Maybe they have a way to make this work. It is difficult for me to make an end-of-the-year pledge when I'm already in the hole. It's difficult for me to see people suffering and doing stuff that ain't my business no way and keep my mouth shut and wait for them to come and allow God to do the work. It's difficult for me to do those things in the natural But by the authority and the power of the spirit, I have learned, shut up, get out the way and allow God to do. Because they have set us up to be perfect. All we have to do is abide in them, let them abide in us so that the world would know who they are. And then we have fulfilled what it was that we were created for in the beginning, which is a personal relationship with God. That's why he created us. He didn't create us to worship him. He created us for fellowship. He didn't create us to suffer. He created us to be in company with him. So while we go back to these humdrum, boring lives that we have, when we come together as a body, can we make this exciting? Can we bask in the glory of which is Christ. Can we share our weaknesses and our fears and allow God to be God? Can we do it? Because he is amazing. I'm not, but he is. And in everything that you see in me that you like, know that it's him. And the things that you see in me that you don't like, let me know. I ain't got no problem with that. I'm not a thin-skinned person. A lot of stuff goes over my head. 
because I'm not walking around looking for y'all's accolades anymore. I'm walking around in the glory of God. Stand up on your feet. Is God amazing? Here's the deal. Uh, some of y'all came in here with some junk that I would love to see you get rid of. This area up here is open now for you to allow God to do whatever it is God wants to do through you. I'm willing to pray with you or whatever I need to do. Um, but today, I want you to come into contact with his spirit for yourself. I want you to understand that the same Holy Spirit that is in me and everybody else is also in you. And if we need to communicate that way, hey, if you, unforgiveness, biggest thing. I'm still mad at you. So what? Life goes on. I didn't even know you was mad in the first place. You said, uh-huh, sure did. Ain't taking it back either. I want you today to understand that God has an interest in you just because you came here. Just because you heard these words. Just because you experienced that worship. Bow your heads and close your eyes, if you will. God, you are amazing in who you are and the things that you do. We just pray right now your grace upon us. That we come to a greater understanding of what your goal, what, you, what it is that you want us to do. Allow you, Holy Spirit, to enter into our hearts and into our minds to the very depths of our soul and give us the guidance that is necessary for us to grow in you and allow you to grow in us. Let your peace reign. Let your joy make us complete. Let your desire and your plans for us come to fruition through our willingness to submit what little authority that we thought we had, what little strength that we try to move under, we turn over to you. I pray, oh God, that as we go into this week, you will be in control of all things. This is a week for us to be thankful. I thank you first, Daddy God, for your son and his sacrifice for us. I thank you second, Lord God, for your love, which continues to guide and protect and provide for us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for abiding in me and guiding me and counseling me in all truth and in direction, making me feel a part of. Bless this family of yours with your presence at all times. Let us be blessed as we part till another day comes. In Jesus' precious and holy name I pray. The whole assembly says... If you want prayer before you leave, I'm making myself available. You can come on up here and have a great week.